What's up? Welcome back to the Two Rowdy Vegans episode of this week. Happy Friday. I'm Ryuji, your host, and uh, what we're going to crack into this week is a special episode. I I know I like to say that a lot, but um, this one is really exciting to me. I don't know if it's exciting to anyone else, but to me, it's really exciting. So, what it's going to be is a business meeting between Renee and Miyoko. If you don't know Miyoko from uh, Miyoko's Creamery, You've been probably living under a rock, but uh, Miyoko's products are absolutely amazing. They're uh, alternative dairy products, uh, plant-based dairy products. She has cheeses um, and butters and everything she makes is absolutely incredible. But anyways, uh, we went up to her sanctuary, Rancho Compassion, um, to pronounce that in a way that's probably not that accurate. But anyways, we were up there uh, to visit her in order to discuss her potential involvement with the Rancher Advocacy Program. Um, If you haven't heard, the Rancher Advocacy Program is a program designed to support ranchers and farmers transition out of animal agriculture and get into plant-based veganic agriculture. We've been working with um, notably a uh, chicken farm up in Arkansas. You can check out our episode of the podcast called How to Save 700,000 Chickens a Year. If you want to hear more about that, that is an incredible episode. And also some of the past few episodes we put out are a conversation from uh, one of the missions that the Rancher Advocacy Program, or RAP as we like to call it, um, has gone on. But anyways, this week is, uh, like I said, a business meeting discussing Miyoko's potential involvement with the program. Um, Very exciting, very behind the scenes kind of thing. You know, it's kind of like you're listening in on on, on the behind, like the the behind of scenes of this, because um, a lot of times, you know, you see the the glory, you see kind of like the the results that we're creating. And it's it's great that this is happening, but um, this takes a lot of hard work and, and a lot of work goes on behind the scenes. So that's what we want to share with you this week. But anyways, I've rambled a lot for this intro. So Without further ado, let's get right into it. Enjoy. Two, two, two rowdy vegans. 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 Two, two rowdy vegans. One plus one equals two rowdy vegans. Hey, this is Paul. Hey, Paul. Hey there. You were miss- You missed out on some great Japanese food. Oh my God, Miyoko, like. spoiled us with this beautiful um, just spread of the most amazing Japanese food. Well, I'm sorry I missed that. But this is Paul Berry. Hi, Paul. Yeah, that's Miyoko and Dave, who is on her board, and Don, who is on her board, and she also works for Kip. And then Ryuji is here. Hey, Paul. Hey, Ryuji. Yeah, and so Paul is on our board of directors mm-hmm. of, of Rowdy Girl, and he is like my right arm for Rowdy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does, uh, I, I bet you he probably puts in 30 or 40 hours a week for me on rap. I'm serious. <laughs> so uh, anyway, she's got some questions. I've talked to her a little bit, and um, I got the Barrett Farm notebook here too. Uh, but I thought some of the questions that she's asking, it would be better if you were on the phone. So I'm glad you can uh, join us. Um, I know it's Eastern time there, so it's kind of getting late for you, huh? It's fun, yeah. It's not, not bad at all. Yeah, on a Sunday too. Hey, thanks. Yeah. <clears throat> so you know, we um, live out here in West Marin, which is uh, kind of the epicenter of the organic and so-called humane farming movement. You know what that means. So, um, and we've been digging. We have been uh, causing a little bit of trouble here. Uh, my uh, sanctuary, Rancho Compasión, um, with you know, and Dave, who lives out in Point Reyes. We've been. Um, we put on something called the Mindful Eating Film and Food Festival a few weeks ago in Point Reyes. And, 
it was really, really successful. And we wanted to do it again next year, but we got kicked out of Point Reyes. We were told that we couldn't come back to the venue, um, probably because we were so successful. Um, so we're just well, going to go message. bigger. Yeah, it was the message. It was the, yeah, it was the message. And, uh, you know, we've gotten the ire of ranchers, let's just put it that way around here, because, um, well, you understand. So, sure. but we, I'm tr- we're trying to have an open, honest conversation with them. We've invited them to a round table. Um, and we've met ranchers here who um, are beginning to question what they're doing. And so we'd like to be able to have a way to encourage them to make a transition. We just can't really figure out how. And there are some issues here because the ran- a lot of the ranches here are on public lands um, owned by the um, park services, the National Park Services. Um, and, and, or they're on land trust that has to be agricultural uh, and very much favors animal agriculture over the growing of crops. It's very, very strange out here. Including the land trust? Yes. 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 It's called, no wild Marin, animal it's called Marin Agricultural Land Trust. Is there wild animal trust or... No, it's an agricultural trust. And they're also very, very um, you know, proud of what they're doing called the Marin Carbon Project. They're all about regenerative agriculture, rotational grazing, and they feel methane that they are methane, creating methane generators that are funded by the state. Uh, they're creating the problem, and then they're getting paid by the state to clean it up. Um, and there was a bill um, put forth by our local congressman, Jared Huffman, H.R. 6688, I believe, um, which would allow the ranches to remain on park lands in perpetuity, and it would eliminate the elk. So elk are natives, uh, the tule elk are a native species. There used to be something like 500,000 roaming here. We're down to a herd of 500 now. That's terrible. And the cattle uh, ranchers want to eliminate the elk because they're competing for grazing land. Um, and the park services are, you know, I mean, I actually sent a letter to Jared Huffman saying, you know, I hope you're proud when you cause the extinction of the tule elk. Well, the human um, race, too, so. I'm sorry? The human race. And the human race, yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of... Um, it's it's not private land. That's part of the issue, is that so much of, of this is happening on uh, government land with um, the support of the government. So we have a major issue here in trying to get people to convert and, um, you know, being able to figure out how they're going to have a livelihood because they're... Um, they're limited. Um, the the government doesn't. The park services doesn't want them growing row crops because it, it'll be another Watsonville. This is what they say, and what they want they want it to have this bucolic uh, scenery of cows grazing the grass for tourists who come out and, and uh, you know come out to West Marin and go to Point Reyes. Yeah, Watsonville is a uh, it, it's the same similar type of landscape. It's sloping hills that go down, fields that go down to the ocean. But there, it's all rows after row of artichokes and strawberries, and so it's 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 mass, uh, you know, factory uh, agriculture. So that and that has no aesthetic appeal to people that are used to seeing you know cute little pigs on their bacon wrappers. So right, right. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's just sort of uh, you know the picture here, and, and we're just we're trying to make an impact. Um, and a lot of these dairies are, I don't think they're doing very well. 
There used to be something like 150 dairy families out here, and we're down to how many now, Dave? Well, there's nine families on the point. Okay, so there's only nine. control 5,000 head of cattle. Well, let me just let me just yeah. stop here, just right here, because <clears throat> what we're doing right now is we are creating models. Okay, and we're just starting. I mean, when you when you think about the fact that there's nobody really converting ranchers, right? Uh, people are trying, you know. But anyway, we're creating these models, and so as we convert, say, a chicken farm to a mushroom farm uh, with four sheds, we're going to know how to do that again. Uh, if another chicken farmer with four sheds, like Craig Watts up in North Carolina, has four sheds, the only difference is going to be the topography, the land, whatever. What he can grow. Yeah, whatever he yeah. can grow, whatever the humidity factors mm -hmm. are, mm -hmm. and all that. So we're going to have to develop different models based on topography, humidity, mm -hmm. climate, you know, all mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. So, so when we have a dairy farm that wants to transition, which we haven't. See, we we got to develop these models as we get them. Mm -hmm. We've got we're building the team. Mm -hmm. So that we can uh, do the R&D necessary, uh, create the science necessary, so that we can, trans we, can, we can actually create these models on while we're doing it. Mm -hmm. Like we're not just going to do it and say, okay, now next. We're going to be like doing all the research. It's all going to be documented because so, we're going to have these assessment kits. We're going to have all these kits so that the next time a rancher comes in that's similar to the one we've already done, we'll be able to pull these kits and say, okay, this is a lot like this one. Let's start here. Okay. Right. So you have some basis to yeah. yeah we'll, right. We'll have some foundation. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's why answering your questions mm -hmm. about all of this is you could be part mm -hmm. of helping us pioneer this. You could mm -hmm. help be a part of helping us engineer and create these models. You know because mm -hmm. uh, it's we don't have time to mess around, right? And so, but she was asking me um, prior to me calling you uh, some questions about you know the the Barretts money situation. Yeah, I wanted to know whether or not there had been an analysis, an economic anal financial analysis done on the income that they can generate from the mushroom production and how that can, you know, whether or not that's competitive with what they were generating earlier. Uh, is that going to be sufficient to pay off their debt as well as, you know, advance their livelihood? The short answer is we are creating a farm production work plan for them to produce 3,000 pounds of mushrooms a week, which is a fairly medium-sized operation, very doable, especially within the, uh, you know, with the facilities that they have. So that, that configuration is very, uh, that's a very doable situation for them. Small, hard family. They did have, they do have significant residual debt, though, because uh, I'm sure Renee has explained, or she can explain later, you know, how this project started. And there was about a 10-month delay and no pre-planning. And we got pulled in right around 10 months or so and, you know, uh, helped the project uh, get on a good track, help it recover. And uh, that's where we're headed, toward a 3,000-pound per week uh, of mushrooms. And that, that 3,000 pounds is specifically uh, designed to recover their income and give them the livelihood that they had before and, and, and better. So, and we and she also was asking me about the you know, did that did that also reflect uh, care for the cows? And I don't think that it does. So No, it doesn't. Mm -mm. No. no, and that's a good segue back into the other twenty other questions that y'all put out. <laughs> and they, because the so Yoka they have and everyone they have 
they have four, you know, the four of the industrial sized poultry barns, and the mushroom productions is specifically designed to retrofit in the poultry barns. And there's uh, there's uh, interest out there among impact investors and uh, significant nonprofit investors mm-hmm. to try to build that out for transitioning chicken farms. Okay, they so they can they can raise the capex easily through investors. And did, so do they have to give up equity for that, or is it going to be philanthropic? Well, we're trying, to, we're trying not to. Uh, it's going to be both. Uh, that's the short answer. It's going to likely be both um, impact investors uh, with potential equity um, given or promise on profits later, whatever. It, there will be impact investors and also nonprofit investment, just one-time grants and so forth, and also land grants mm-hmm. from the government. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, assistant grants from the government and assistant loans from the government for farmers who want to transition. So it'll be a package of nonprofit investment, government loans, government grants, and mm-hmm. impact investment. Um, okay. But, and you guys are spearheading the raising of all of this money through grants and impact investors. Yeah, we have a lobbyist um, that just left um, Congress. Her mm-hmm. name is Laura Reese, mm-hmm. and she took the Rancher Advocacy Program there, mm-hmm. and she's uh, had it in front of all the staffers, educating all of them on uh, the importance of having a program mm-hmm. like RAP mm-hmm. so that they can be, be heroes mm-hmm. in their, with their constituents because, you know, the handwriting's on the wall. Everybody knows it. I mean, they know she's it. She's lobbying for a five, five million dollars. Five million dollars a year. She's lobbying for it. And that's, that's just to start. And if we could, if we, if she's able mm-hmm. to get the five million dollar government funding started. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. That, that's a great start. Mm-hmm. We, we're seeing right now just this one farm how much investments required. How much uh, is it? Re- yeah. What? 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 Tell about me. About a half is, million. It's about five hundred thousand. Five hundred six hundred thousand. So wow. about half a million for uh, to convert it, and, and that's yeah. mostly for capex or from sport everything. to market. Okay. Sport to market. From sport to market. I yeah, love that. Plus a couple hundred thousand in residual debt that's not, that, that may or may not be unusual. We're not sure about these poultry farms. What we're finding is that these folks are stuck under these really draconian contracts with yep. the corporate. Yep, yep. yep, I know and, about them, yeah. Yeah, and you know, Renee and I talked to another guy just the other day who is another chicken farmer right behind this one who wants to do it. He said in 2004, um, he was about a half of when he, a few years, just a few years after he got into the poultry business, he was about a half a million dollars ahead and working with the same corporate uh, company. In 10 years, he was, was it 100000 or 500000 400000 It was $400,000 in debt yeah. within 10 years to the company that yeah. he was working for. He said it was called, what was, it, what was that term? Something surf. Um, Surfdom. Uh, Surfdom, yeah. He was a mortgage surf. That's what he called it. Yeah. yeah. Do you know Craig Watts, who we're talking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know Leah Garces with Mercy for Animals, the president? Mm-hmm. In fact, she was one of the speakers last night and yesterday at the conference, and she's really, really close with Craig. And Craig just went vegan in January, and she found it. She knows that we're working with Craig. She, uh, she found out she knows about it. So she was talking to me about it uh, because she really wants to be there when we go uh, to North Carolina to meet him, and she wants to film. She she was the founder, you know, of Compassion Compassionate. What is it? Compassion over killing. No, Compassion Farming. No. What what is it? What is um, 
what is that thing called? Compassionate, Compassionate World Farming. Mm. That's what it's called. Compassionate World Farming. She was the founder of that. Now she's the president of, of Mercy for Animals. But anyway, she said that when she first met Craig, she was totally against factory farmers. She didn't like them. She hated them. And Craig Watts turned her completely around mm. because she realized that, sh that he was a serf to the uh, integrators. He was trapped. He was trapped. Yeah. And she started hearing his story. And she started falling in love with the very type of people that she mm -hmm. hated. And so she really wants to uh, to be involved too to help with um, with him. Hey, I don't know how long y'all have, but I really want to try to dig into some of that, some of the comments that they were making about uh, the, the dairy farms there. And this uh, this uh, another Watsonville comment. The um, because they the you know we promote organic agriculture. We have a, and uh, veganic agriculture includes permaculture, and it can be done very beautifully, and uh, you know, very high, high aesthetic appeal. And I, I wonder if uh, I don't know if you have pictures, or maybe we could do a Google uh, Google view on the property that's in question. Um, but veganic permaculture, which is basically you know a row crop agriculture, where with uh, the permaculture additions, and it can be done very beautifully. The permaculture additions are to create a full bio there um, it, on a farm, and it can be done on industrial scale. Uh, and, and, and it's just, you know, talking about it would be a huge tourist attraction, and uh, it, it, it would be visually beautiful, uh, it would smell great, and uh, the runoff, you know, would be pure, clean. Uh, uh, healthy runoff instead of uh, because it's a it's a it's a, it's a, bio, it's a uh, natural biome system that gets created by these folks that and we I don't know if Renee told you about Rowdy Thurl's uh, Rancher Advisory Program we have uh, all of us working on the Garrett Project are all volunteers we all come from different parts of the movement and um, there's a really great team of experts including some farm production experts and permaculture experts uh, that, that understand, you know, the technology and science behind industrial scale permaculture using veganic methods. And, uh, and, and there are models out there that are incredibly beautiful. So I don't know how much time, I mean, how much land you're talking about, but it would be worth some inquiry to see if we could at least propose you know, if you're talking about trying to do a campaign and start a new conversation that's constructive and opens up some new ideas, and I don't know about how the government structures the lands there and whether they would be made available for, uh, whether it could be argued or a new campaign could be created to argue for the development of this kind of agriculture that would pay off for the farmers and it would pay off for the you know, the local economy and ecology. Um, I don't know if y'all can hear me. I'm hearing some buzzes. It's just my phone. Uh, yeah, no, I definitely, uh, um, okay. I think, yeah, this could be huge. Uh, the question is, uh, there's a lot of land. It's it's, it's about 100,000 acres total. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. um, and there are nine family dairies there. I don't know if the dairies are in debt or not. I don't know 
Um, supposedly, the, the nine dairies generate about $30 million a year towards the agricultural income, I believe, um, of the area. I think it's, tw- I, it's either $24 million or $30 million. Maybe it's $24 million. Um, so, um, and they're called the, the, yeah, well, and they're called historic ranches. So there's a total of 5,000, um, because they've been here for 150 years, um, and, uh, people out here are in love with organic dairy. They, you know, they just don't want to, um, um, do away with them at all. Um, they believe that the dairies here are actually, um, environmental stewards and they're good for the planet and, and this is the belief system out here and, and that's only government what Neilford's talking about is a government portion it's that's not right. the private portion there's a whole private portion where you have uh point raised blue cheese that's right they're not there's, even organic right and they're yeah. huge yeah you i know. mean the, the private portion is probably another you know several hundred thousand acres who knows i mean it's it's all agriculture out yeah. here this whole area is agriculture. Marin and Sonoma cows. County cows. Yeah. I don't know how many cows, but yeah. hundreds of thousands of cows out here. That's, um, a lot of cow. That's a lot of cows if it's dairy, because dairy dairy cows are required. In fact, you know, well, they don't need to graze them. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of grazing going on, but oh, it's all oh, yes, yeah. oh yeah, it's all great. Uh, you know, that's, they all promote it as grass fed. Um, yeah, and and so we have uh, clover and Strauss uh, both out here. Um, all the happy cows. They're all supposedly happy cows. Um, so, I, I, Dave, I think you said there was a ranch that was perhaps amenable to discussions. Well, that's Lunny. Yeah, Lunny. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we've got a local neighbor here who'd be open to discussing things. How much property? How much land? I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to guess about 500 acres to start. Yeah, that's perfect. That's, that would be a big, good working model. Just prove out. Mm-hmm. We, we get the Lunnies. I don't know. Did you, have you, you might not have heard, but there was a huge oyster farm fight on the Point Reyes National Seashore where the, his lease, the uh, Kevin Lunny had purchased this oyster company that had oyster beds in the uh, Drake's oh, Bay. You mean seafood, I see. Yeah, and they were doing. He was doing oysters, and he he Kevin himself went to Congress. I mean, he was a huge fighter because it was it's it's probably the closest thing to sustainable animal protein that you can get is oysters, you know. And he, he if we got him on the on the land, that would be huge. That would be huge. Well, that's that's good thinking there. Is that is this David talking? Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, I think, you know, Miyoko wants to present a very positive, constructive approach to this and show the aesthetic beauty and potential and so forth. That's a great, that's a great, you know, perfect fit for her brand and what she puts out there. Um, and then a counter, uh, not a counter, but a, 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 a companion, uh, independent uh, campaign uh, that's, that works on its own, that doesn't compete with any other, you know, of the, the, the work that, Miyoko's brand will be doing to encourage this work, but uh, this this companion campaign could take a real hard line on the, the detriments of dairy to ecology and uh, really uh, shatter the myths around organic dairy. Um, that that might be you know doing that at the local and state level. It wouldn't it wouldn't be too expensive to do online, 
and that we we have access to all the science and could really debunk all the myth around organic dairy. It would be very easy to do. And um, and having those two, yeah. at least those two campaigns working at the same time, independent of each other, uh, that 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 might be. And, and, and with with a good working model building like this friend you have, because you need to build something for people to look at, yep. or at least show progress and have have a farmer. You know what Renee? You know what Renee? I've been in the movement forever. You know, a long time. I'm an old. I'm an old person. What she brings, she's a farmer. She's a rancher, and she and Tommy are ranchers. And they talk like ranchers, and ranchers flock to her and Tommy, and they just completely they resonate in a completely different way. No, it's uh, true. I've been called an eco terrorist. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, and, and they just and they just egg my house. Yeah. I can be your front girl, okay, Miyoko? <laughs> no, Go get her, Renee. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is like the we could we could drive the this the the wedge into a fissure of this whole yeah, industry here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it's because it's you know with Point Reyes Blue Cheese, Strauss Family Organic Creamery, Cowgirl, all that, all Clover, these huge—they're all Clover. out here. Wow, all of these iconic yeah, brands huge. are right here. They're yeah. all down the street. Wow, yeah. and you know what we're talking about uh, having that wrap summit here in California too. Maybe we could somehow, you know, dovetail that in um, this this campaign into the summit. Well, we're planning to have the Mindful Eating Film Festival again next year at the Civic Center. We could dovetail those, call it the Rancher Advocacy Program, and you know, wrap and the film festival together at the the, the, at the Civic Center with a name like Rancher Advocacy Program. It would almost invite them out here that's, that's what we do we do invite them out we're very inviting it's uh yep. that's why i wanted to bring paul on the phone because i'm kind of you know we have this team right. you know and i knew he could best mm-hmm. uh, best explain the languaging that miyoko was wanting to hear uh you know just send me out to talk to farmers we'll get them in here right right, right. yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah, the brand. And see, once we mm-hmm. once we transform one farm, then they become activists, mm-hmm. and then they well, they become part of our renter advisory program, and so then yeah. they are helping us transform mm-hmm. farms. Look at what's going to happen when we get a dairy 
that transforms and goes vegan that we're working with and then they right. become one of our advisors to help other ranchers right. you know in the dairy right. industry yeah i was actually um last month i spoke at the international dairy foods association convention in you did Florida. Not. I, I was Whoa, asked yeah. to speak there about the future of dairy i was invited <laughs> and i gave a talk on uh, it was a very short talk but i talked about <laughs> Um, you know, I, I, it was a funny presentation. You know, I, I, I had this slide about I come in peace. I'm not an eco terrorist, and uh, you know, I'm actually a country girl. I live in the country. I have a cow, and anyway, uh, but you know, I said, hey, listen, we're making this great new food. This is the future of food. We got to figure out how we're going to feed 10 billion people, and you can become part of the solution. Right. We need farmers to grow the potatoes that are going to go into the new cheese that we're making. We, we're, we're, we're launching this, uh, this new cheese that's made out of potatoes and legumes. We need, we need people to grow the, the, the legumes. You know, we need supply chain. We need well, our milk go. processors to make milk to make cheese for, uh, you know, uh, we need someone to make uh, nut milk for our cheeses. We need, you know, and so I said, this is an opportunity for you guys to transition your farms to a more sustainable future because you're going to be left in the dust. You know, you're mm-hmm. going to, because... The, the train is left the station, and it it's, already, it's already headed towards in a different direction mm-hmm. already, and you guys are going to be left, you know, just... Wow, uh, how did it end? It was, well, I got interviewed by Milk Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> are you kidding? No, I'm not. It's, there's going to be an article in Milk Magazine about it. Yeah. Oh my God, I love it. <laughs> yeah. She explained how you milk almonds. Yeah. <laughs> well, according to the FDA commissioner, almonds don't lactate. And then, you know, and then, I, and then I'm going to the FDA. I have a meeting with, um, with the Plant-Based Foods Association. I'm meeting with uh, Commissioner Scott Godley of the FDA next month as well, too. Actually, this month. So, you know, I, I've been trying to do stuff on, on our end, you know, eat, um, from using Miyoko as a plat- Miyoko's as a platform as well as Rancho Compasión. And we have a great board of very active people. And um, I'm interested in having a conversation with dairy farmers, uh, particularly, and, and cattle ranchers, um, yeah. and trying to show them that there is another, I, just like you guys are doing, it's like, you can be part of the solution. You can help create the solution for a sustainable future. The problem that we have out here is that most of the farms out here are seen as being sustainable. They have spun this myth of regenerative so agriculture, of sustainability, that they are setting an example for the rest of the world. I mean, Prince Charles came out here to Marin, mm-hmm. you know, when he was studying organic agriculture. This is where it all, organic agriculture started here in Marin County. Wow. Back in the 70s. And, wow. and the certification okay. all started right here. So, so the roots are, are here. The roots yeah. are all here. This is it. I mean, the, so you said you need potatoes and legumes? Yeah. So how much how much potatoes and legumes do you need? Well, I can't tell you right now. We're just beginning to launch. I mean, we're just going to be uh, beta tasting them at Expo West. Oh. So we won't be in production till later this year. But we buy um, pounds of cashews per year right now. So now we're going to be launching this new line of products made out of potatoes and legumes. So it's going to be, you know, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of pounds in it probably in the first year, if not more. I mean, see, this is something that, you know, we could we could work yeah. with and yeah. partner with. We could, if we mm-hmm. know what you need, mm-hmm. you know, we could tell our farmers that we're working with, you know, we have right. a, a, a crop right now that you could mm-hmm. grow that we have a buyer for. Right. You know? Right. Do you Too have, bad you don't need oysters. Grow, we're going to need uh, butter. Oyster mushrooms? Yeah. Right. Yeah, oyster mushrooms. That's what uh, I meant. <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> and you know, and, and, and beans are so sustainable. We're going to need butter beans and navy beans, and they what? add nitrogen to the soil. People don't understand. Sure, they're nitrogen fixers. They're nitrogen fixers. Yeah. Legumes are among the healthiest things to grow. Do you know what Greg is going to love this? Yeah. And, and then we have people. What? She's absolutely right. They're nitrogen fixers. Yeah, but but Greg is going to love this. Uh, that she needs all these plants. And you know, I would love to get them locally. To, I mean, to be able to tell this whole farm to factory story yeah um, that's all local and organic and and truly sustainable yeah. would be really exciting and so you know this is another reason i'm interested in, in uh talking to some of these farmers well it was great to meet you miyoko yeah likewise you're Paul. a legend to my family my daughters really look up to you and your story and my wife and i love your products um, well so thank you you're amazing yeah you're welcome appreciate thank it for the great work that you're doing and I'm like sorry ours. I didn't get to meet the rest of you all, but uh, sounds like y'all are having a great meeting. Enjoy, continue, <laughs> and if, I hope that we can have a follow-up and really think about putting this project together. That yeah, absolutely. Be, yes. Yeah, we'll do it when we get Thank back. You. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, well, Thank you, you, Paul. All right, that was it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. It means the world to us. I really hope you enjoyed this behind-the-scenes of the Rancher Advocacy program. If you want to learn more, definitely follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Rancher Advocacy Program, where we'll be posting a lot more stuff moving forward. But in any case, uh, if you enjoyed this podcast as well, episodes come out every Friday. If you like it again, we would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a little review or five star rating or whatever star rating, you know, what you deem to be the worth of this podcast. But anyways, thank you again for listening. Hope you have an incredible rest of your day, rest of your morning, evening, wherever you are. We'll talk to you next week. Peace. Two, two, two rowdy begins. 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 Two, two rowdy begins. One plus one equals two rowdy begins. Two, two, two rowdy begins.